Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. Inflation is on the rise again. After a small dip in April, new data from May is revealing that inflation is surging higher than what was expected. Here's NTD's Melina Wisecup with a breakdown on today's data and what President Biden has to say about it. No good news for your pocketbook today, with latest inflation data showing consumer prices are up 8.6% from a year ago. That's the biggest yearly increase since December of 1981. The president today telling the American people that he understands their pain. I understand Americans are anxious, and they're anxious for good reason. Here's where the highest costs are. Meats cost anywhere from 10 to 17 percent more, and milk is nearly 16 percent more expensive. Housing is up 5.5 percent, and your vacation this year could cost nearly double your normal amount, with airline fees up nearly 38 percent. Core inflation, which excludes food and energy, jumped 0.6 percent month over month. As for gas prices, 60 cents higher than last month, nearly $2 more than a year ago. Well, the Saudis raised their prices for oil they're selling to Asia. That tells me I don't really see relief in the near term. President Biden today continuing to push the same messaging that we've heard all year, pinning blame on Putin and U.S. oil companies. You talk about how we have, they have 9,000 permits to drill. They're not drilling. I'm doing everything in my power to blunt Putin's price hike. But experts tell NTD the White House can do more to lower the price at the pump. Uh, at these prices, I think it's fair to say oil companies are trying to produce. It makes business sense. They also are trying to produce natural gas. But you have to get it to market. And so the administration has to be transparent about whether they're also approving permits and licenses for pipelines. So, Melina, how is the Federal Reserve expected to respond to this record high inflation? Steve, the Federal Reserve is expected to raise interest rates by at least 50 basis points this month and next month. Now, some economists are predicting and expecting the Fed to raise interest rates by as much as 0.75%. Now, what appears to be certain here is that the Fed will continue to raise these interest rates, but what's uncertain is whether or not we've seen the peak of inflation. Steve, back to you. The latest consumer price index released today shows inflation still on the rise. What does this mean for the economy overall? David Bratt is a former congressman and is currently the dean of Liberty University's business school. We're happy to have him on to discuss. Dr. David Bratt, thank you so much for joining us on the Capitol Report. You bet. Thanks for having me. David, the CPI just uh, was just released, jumping uh, to 8.6%. This is the highest since 1981. Uh, how do you see the consumer price index here affecting the overall economy? Yeah, well, so the, uh, the CPI is the measure of inflation. Inflation is not when uh, oil prices go up or formula goes up. It's when the overall price index for the entire country goes up. And so uh, obviously it's devastating, right? It's a hidden stealth tax. If it's going up by about 10%, you're getting a 10% hit there on your spending. And then in addition to that, that's causing the stock market all sorts of grief. And so we're almost in bear uh, market territory there. The market's down about 20% uh, from its highs. 
And then uh, going back to Milton Friedman, uh, he, he won the Nobel Prize for uh, inflation and his monetary theory way back in the 60s before the politics went bananas. And uh, he said correctly, inflation is always and everywhere a monetary phenomenon. And so just a couple months ago, the Fed was still printing 24 uh, percent uh, increases in money supply. Then it went down to 12. But it's not down to 12. It's still 12 percent increasing the money supply. And so uh, they should be increasing the money supply uh, by the amount of GDP growth you have, which is only about 2%. So they've been printing way too much money. So then you get the inflation. And then uh, Friedman uh, said it's very hard to detect how long the lag is. Uh, th that will determine how long we're going to live with this beast. Uh, but he said anywhere from six months to a year to a year and a half. Uh, and so this thing is not going away uh, anytime soon. And uh, it's the number one issue in the polls that uh, is, is, is giving many middle-income folks uh, some just terrible life choices at the dinner table between food, medicine. You've read all the stories, right? They're filling up the gas tank to go to work. So it's, it's devastating. David, if you could advise the uh, president, what would you suggest as to how to turn this thing around? Yeah, well, my advice is always uh, don't put us in the ditch in the first place. And so uh, you know, he just reappointed a Fed chair who put us in the ditch. So, you know, you got to scratch your head at that. So uh, my counsel to him is, is way too late in the game. But, you know, the Taylor rule, John Taylor, who's the greatest monetary guy now out at Stanford, he took over from Friedman, says the interest rate, the Fed funds rate should be at about seven or eight percent. Right. So then your car loans are 10 percent. You're mortgage is even higher uh, if you really want to slow this thing down. So they got to do more than this half point increase. They're going to have to do a couple full percentage point increases uh, in the interest rate. You first have to get rid of inflation uh, because you're messing with the entire price system of the country. We, we are rich for the last 200 years because we've chosen to use the price system, otherwise known as free markets or capitalism. But the left hates that to run our economy. But that's the source of our wealth. Uh, and so the interest rate is the price of money. Right. It's the it's the amount you got to pay to have money. And so we just distorted the interest rate. The main the main price uh, in our economy, as I just said, for a decade was zero interest rate policy, which is totally artificial. So you got to end that. And then if you're the president, you should be focusing on K to 12. Uh, getting every uh, all the, the, the from the poor kids all the way up to the high income kids into technical education. Uh, so they're skilled up and ready for this uh, advanced economy that they're all going to live in. And uh, we're doing nothing of the sort. Uh, so we're in for some tough times. Dr. David Bratt, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Anytime. God bless. Facing record high inflation, we spoke to Representative Kat Kamek from Florida. What can lawmakers do to help ease the situation? Have a listen. Congresswoman Kat Kamek, thank you so much for joining us on the Capitol Report again. Hey, so good to be with you. Thank you for having me. Congresswoman, Treasury Secretary uh, Janet Yellen was on the Hill again this week answering uh, to the high inflation the country is experiencing. What is the Treasury's role or responsibility in, in any and all of this? I think that this is, again, just indicative of the Biden's admin, Biden administration's lack of planning and lack of understanding of the role of government if they continue to spend money up to $7 trillion, we saw last year. 
this is economics 101 the more that the government spends the more it expands the less that we the people get to keep in our pockets and so for janet yellen to admit that she was wrong about inflation being transitory and then to appear again and say well we have a plan but then can't outline that plan that was pretty troubling to me and if the government were smart if this administration were going to take an aggressive role in tackling inflation which is crippling everyday american working class families they would get out of the way they would stop spending money that is what is driving this they have a regulatory environment that is not conducive to business and so we need to get government out of the way we need to let the free market system work and the more that we tinker the more that we see the treasury getting involved the more that we see the fed increasing rates we're seeing more and more a likelihood of an upcoming recession and to your point, uh, Congresswoman, she's also said that she believes that inflation is here to stay. Uh, has the damage already been done, or do you think there is a, a pathway out of this? Well, you look at the numbers. Uh, in July of last year, inflation was about 1.7%. Today, it's over 8.3%. This is going to continue to get worse as government continues to spend. Uh, when she says that it's here to stay, it's not something that we cope with. It's something that we need to take an aggressive stance in modifying and changing course. And to what I was saying earlier, you know, how you do that is you stop spending government money, you know, the people's money. We start cutting programs. We start living the way that everyday Americans have to, and that's within a budget. It would be nice to see the Democrats put out a budget. They have yet to do so. And this is something that is going to continue to hurt business hurt our economy, hurt working class families and seniors. If we do not get it under control, it's not something that we should anticipate being here for the long haul. But under this administration, I fear that will be the case. What are you hearing on the Hill in terms of gas prices? Uh, is there anything Congress can do to reverse this record uh, breaking trend? You know, when you look at what this administration has done, they failed to uh, authorize a single permit for any domestic production. We also are seeing the regulatory environment strangle our existing businesses and lines of production out of business. It's creating a lot of uncertainty, but more importantly, volatility in the market. And from a business standpoint, when you look at the price of diesel, for example, when it's swinging so violently um, from one day to the next, it's impossible to plan long-term, heck, even run a business for a week or so. And so we have a real challenge in addressing this. It also doesn't help that we have uh, the Speaker of the House who is saying that she will not bring our domestic energy independence bill to the floor. In fact, she's rejected it six times. Now, that's the problem, that the left wants nothing to do with domestic production of energy. They don't believe in above all energy uh, portfolio. They don't believe in nuclear. They don't believe in LNG. They don't believe in fossil fuels. But we are an energy economy. And if we are to get our ship righted, we need to tap into the resources that we have here in, 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 in abundance. And the thing that I continually go back to is everyone wants to be an above all, but unless it is driven by the free markets, it's not going to be viable. And this push that the administration is making towards electric vehicles, this is stressing the grid. And we're already seeing reports coming out of brownouts and blackouts happening across the country and they'll they'll continue to go on throughout the summer this is unacceptable we have the means to produce enough energy for our economy and then some we need to get government out of the way congress can act it's nancy pelosi who refuses to congresswoman kat kamick thank you so much appreciate it thank you so much 
heated reactions on last night's January 6th hearing. And former President Donald Trump is refuting allegations by a top committee member, while President Joe Biden is also chiming in. Entity's Iris Tao brings us more. Footage and testimony played at the first primetime January 6 hearing have drawn mixed reactions. Democrats say they have laid out facts about former President Donald Trump's role in what they called an insurrection. This is his own attorney general, the White House counsel, his daughter, for its sake. But the person in the center of the spotlight is firing back. Making a flurry of posts on Truth Social, Trump accused the panel of being a, quote, political witch hunt. He also reacted to some of the most high-profile testimonies at the hearing, including one from his daughter. I respect Attorney General Barr. Um, so I accepted what he said, was saying. Ivanka Trump said she agreed with former Attorney General Bill Barr that the 2020 election was not stolen. But Trump said Friday that Ivanka was, quote, not involved in looking at or studying election results, adding that he has, quote, never wavered one bit about what he thought of the election outcome. Mike Pence, quote, deserves it. Trump also refuted the claim made by Representative Liz Cheney at the hearing that he backed the phrase hang Mike Pence, calling it fake news. Meanwhile, President Biden, while saying he did not watch the hearing, had this to say on Friday. It's important to the American people understand what truly happened and to understand that the same forces that led January 6th remain at work today. Meanwhile, Democrats say more is to come for future hearings. The details that we will be able to fill in with subsequent hearings will um, be as compelling, I believe, as last night's hearing was. And after the first hearing, the second and third January 6th hearings are slated for Monday, June 13th and Wednesday, June 15th, respectively. And while an official schedule for the rest of them has not been announced, they're expected to be held throughout June and wrap up in September, right before the November midterms. Reporting in Washington, D.C., Iris Tao, NTD News. Following the first primetime hearing where the committee highlighted certain parts of January 6th, we have member of the House Judiciary Committee, Congressman Andy Biggs, with us to discuss. Arizona Congressman Andy Biggs, thank you so much for joining us in the Capitol Report. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Congressman, the uh, primetime hearings on January 6th last night, um, did you learn anything new? Uh, were there any big takeaways for you? No, there really wasn't anything new. I didn't think um, kind of a kind of a slow moving, uh, <laughs> slow moving uh, production, if you ask me. Congressman, as a, as a member of uh, Congress, a member of the House Judiciary Committee, how common is an evening hearing like that uh, that we saw last night? It's not unusual for us to start a hearing at 10 a.m. and conclude it at 10 p.m. What is unusual is to hire an ABC producer to come in and try to, to uh, spice it up and, and turn it into an extravaganza. And that's, that's the only thing different, I think, uh, uh, from, from normal. Normally, we just do our work and, and move on. Carson, there's been a lot of discussion about uh, whether or not this is a, you know, an unbiased committee. Um, there are technically two Republicans there. What are some of the questions you would have liked to have uh, heard asked or have answered uh, regarding that day? Well, ultimately, what we need to find out is 
why didn't Mayor Bowser and Nancy Pelosi accept the uh, author proffered and authorized 20,000 National Guard troops from President Trump? That we, I don't know if we're going to find that out, but four people testified to this committee that he he made that offer. The second thing I think is that, that's so important is is why are they not releasing tapes? Why are they selectively releasing video? I mean, even the video that we saw last night is almost identical to other video that's been leaked over time. They just maybe took it from a different angle. There are supposedly 14,000 hours of video. Why are we not seeing all of that? I, I, and then the third thing is, uh, why are we not bringing in the FBI and those who concluded that there was no collusion um, between President Trump and any of these uh, these rioters. So, I mean, there, there's a whole host of things that deal with that that I think have got to be uh, revealed. And then, uh, you know, we're, I think there's a lot of individual cases that that we look at and we just say, what what's going on there? And then I would like to know what's going on with the January 6th uh, defendants and why they've been held, uh, some of them, for almost 15, 16 months without a trial. Congressman, will these hearings uh, ultimately have any impact on the upcoming midterms or even the uh, 2024 presidential election? I don't. Th I don't think so. I think. I think the reality is most Americans have have moved on, uh, and and why have they moved on? This is because, in fact, polling indicates that that most people don't even think President Trump's responsible at all anymore for this. But but when you when you start examining things. Uh, I think people get concerned like I do. I, you know, I, I pay 90 bucks now to, to fill my car up with gas. I'm buying product for the, paying the same price, but they're, they've re either reduced the number of tortillas in the packet I get or the size of the tortillas, uh, which blew my mind when I, when I bought a pack last week. And I think that's what people are concerned about. They're really concerned about inflation. They're really concerned about energy prices, the economy. They're looking at the border and they're saying, what is going on here? Um, uh, they're, they're concerned about high crime rates. They're concerned about our, our declining prestige internationally. And there's a whole congeries of things that people are concerned about. But most people are not concerned with a riot that took place at the Capitol on January 6, 2021. Congressman Andy Biggs, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon.